0: This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from Go Abundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for Go Abundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, We're here live in Miami at the GoBundance Global Conference. It's been a lot of fun. We got one of our sponsors sitting next to me, Gregory Schindler. He's the CEO of RMI International, the Regenerative Medicine Institute. We're going to dive into stem cell research, his backstory, everything else. Gregory, welcome. Awesome. Sorry. Happy to be here, Jamie. <laughs> You're so happy. You can't even get the words I can't out. even speak. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, let's go back. Let's start with uh, with a little bit about you, just because folks might not know who you are. I know you you were, well, your company was represented at a Dallas event that we did. Uh, maybe not you, but Dr. Gianpapo, was it? Correct. Yep. Uh, but give us a little bit about you. What's your, back, what's your background?
1: So I'm from uh, Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. born and raised there and wandered around a little bit, um, New York and California trying to find my way and, and doing some schooling, um, and started out life in technology. This is back in the dot-com boom, mm-hmm. right? My wife was in it. I was in it. Um, it was a great time to be in it. Companies were going public, and we thought we were super smart. We didn't realize we were just, you know, super fortunate sure. and lucky. this is the late 90s, I'm yeah, going to Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Got you. Leading up to the, to the big bust. Um, and when that all fell apart, you know, we were looking around to say, okay, What's next? you know, and, and how do we reinvent ourselves? And so I went in a different direction and and went into corporate America and started working for some of the fortune 500s and working my way up the ladder and to the management role. And I'm a sales guy, mm. right? I was always been in the sales organization and became a global sales manager. And I thought, wow, this is what I really want to do until it wasn't mm. right. I came home one day, my wife, you know, she said, what's the matter? And I said, uh, I don't feel like I'm able to to do my job anymore. I'm always managing up. I'm in endless meetings, and it just doesn't f- seem to be fulfilling. And she said, you haven't figured this out yet, have you? And I said, what's that? And she said, that's not what you do anymore. This is what you do now. This is what you thought you wanted. You got it. Yeah. And, you know, can I be honest with you? And I said, of course. And she said, you're miserable. Hmm. I said, is it that bad? And she said, it really is. So... I got approached by a couple of buddies of mine, entrepreneurs who had been really successful. And they said, look, we need someone with your skill set. We're launching this new business in healthcare and we want you to come work with us. And I walked in and I told my wife about it. And without blinking, she said, do it, do it today. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll prepare a resignation letter. I'll think about it. I'll do all that stuff. And she's like, no, Today, wow! It's the scariest call I had made as an adult. Now we've got we're four kids into this. I was going to ask
0: you age. can me yeah. kind of life. Okay, life yeah. Let's stop. go back Where there. Sorry. No. So you're I've great. got a
1: daughter who's thirty one, lives in in California, works yeah. in the entertainment industry and for movies, doing graphic design stuff. Nice. Um, and then I have three sons. One is twenty three years old. He's a musician. And then I have a high schooler, a senior, and a junior in high school. Okay. Um, so one girl, three boys. I've been married twenty five years to my wife and when
0: was this what what year or so was this recent the when your wife said hey you're miserable and no what this doing.
1: was going back about five six years ago
0: so we're talking 20 what are we in 2022 so like
1: 2017 15, 16
0: 17 yeah that, somewhere in that range yeah. so you hit rock bottom your wife said and you've got three kids at home at this point correct right yeah and your wife was your wife working at that point? no she was not so it's you're the income i'm the income and she's seeing misery in you what was it that you say? Like what it was? Could you feel it, or did you think you were containing it, and was it wasn't outwardly there?
1: You know, I think we always have a little bit of, um, you know, you don't ever really admit to yourself how bad it really is, sure, right? Sure. Um, and look, I'm a grinder. I'm a guy who gets yeah. up and goes out every day and does what he has to do, and I support my family, and and I'm a glass half full guy. I will just, I'll, I'll be happy at an insurance convention, right? I mean, I'm going to find sure. a way to make it, make it work out, but. Yeah, it was a lot of travel, it was a lot of time away, and, and it was just, um, you know, I don't like the politics sometimes that you do, you have to do in, in corporate America. Yeah. It's not always awesome. No, like some yeah. guys are really cut out for it and they're good at it. Sure. Um, and I wasn't one of them. If you ask me what I think, I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to be honest about it. Yeah. And that's not always. Um, you no, know? it's not. It's not welcome. It's not always it's not welcome. welcome. No, it's it's it,
0: buy-in. We just listened to Jeff Hoffman uh, speak. If uh, for those that don't know him, he's been a prior episode. I forget what number. Otherwise, you can go look it up. Uh, but Priceline founder and everything else, and he talked about you know uh, most of us uh, that work in that culture are there to work for a boss. And his role, he always felt was that he worked for them. And That's a very dumbed down version of the depth that he went to on it. But to your point, it's indoctrination, it's enrollment, it's do this, here's our culture, here's our mission, you do that, so I get my boat. That's essentially what he, uh, the way he described it. Um, And so, yeah, I completely get that. You can't, you can't make your point. How long were you in that space, mentally, emotionally, where, like, when did you realize it and how long before you actually decided to exit?
1: Yeah, I think if I'm being honest, it was probably the last two or three years, right? Um, Whereas that way, and so I literally picked up the phone, called my boss. Cause I really did like him. He had been good to me. And I said, you know, you're going to get a, a letter here and an email in a, in a minute with my resignation. But I wanted to let you know, first and foremost, you've been great to me. Um, but I'm going to go in a different direction. And he said, anything I can do to try to talk you out of it. And I said, no, it's it's not about that. I'm not negotiating for more money or anything like that. I right. just really decided to go in a new direction and chase the entrepreneurial spirit that, yeah. that you know, was burning in there, you know, deep and bright anyway. Sure. So um, so I did and hung the phone up and felt a wave of terror and then relief, hmm. right? Like, okay, I'm in this now, right? You're going to eat what you kill. Yeah. Um, so we started that. And we grew this business, it was a medical distributorship, and we were basically um, helping doctors diagnose and treat patients faster, mm. right? Yeah. And the winds of fortune in healthcare can shift on you pretty quickly as an entrepreneur because regulations can can change, That makes right? sense. And, yeah. Yeah. And um, we were building our business. We grew it to about 35, 36 reps in 16 states and things were going pretty well. And I was looking for a way to, you know, grow the revenue, either add more people or maybe uh, add products to your portfolio. So I went that route and I started looking into biologics, right? Mm. Stem cells, exosomes, Wharton's jelly, you name it. These were things that five years ago, most people hadn't even heard of yet, right? Um, Very specialized. And I went to a few conferences and I was hooked. I didn't know a lot about what I was hearing about, but I knew that it felt right to me. And it felt like there was something there that this could have a future to it. Yeah. So I started studying it and it didn't take long. You start looking, you see that the kager on these are double digits, you know, like 20, 18 to 22, 23%, depending on which study you believe. Sure. Um, and I thought, wow, if I can be a part of any market that's growing at that kind of kager, then, then I'm interested. Sure. So we cobbled together a portfolio of these products and started introducing it to the doctors that we were already selling things to. Um, and it was an interesting learning curve there because modern or the traditional medicine model isn't really set up for, um, new innovation that comes outside of the big pharma channels or some of the more traditional channels, right? Doctors are not, not all doctors are really comfortable in that cash pay conversation with patients. Um, and they're pretty conservative as a, as a group, um, you know, because they have to be, the stakes are high. These are patients lives, right? Yep. So they have to be. And- we messed around with that for about a year and had some success, and I got fortunate along the way. I was able to do um, a couple of studies with major universities, with athletes and things like that, and I got a pedigree pretty fast. I jumped a few steps, if I'm being honest. Sure. Um, but it was really quickly apparent that this distribution model with this was not going to work. So we opened up... We're entrepreneurs now, right? Yeah. So we opened up our own clinics, and we were doing orthopedics, and I leveraged my success with these universities and some of the things we had done there and started treating patients and we started getting really good outcomes. Um, And we opened up clinics in Oklahoma and in Texas and we were treating patients and things were going really well. And then the pandemic hits. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, we, we all had a chance to take a step back or we were forced to take a step back and work on the business, things that we really should have the discipline to do sometimes, but you know, as small yeah, business owners, you're in, yeah. you're in the business, yeah, right? 100%. And we know those things. Yep. You know, intellectually, we know, oh, we need to take time to work on our business, but v- sometimes it's hard yeah. right, oh, it's, uh, to create yes, that discipline and that structure. 100%. But the pandemic gave us a really good opportunity because, it, you know, things were shutting down and, you know, storefronts were closed. And that's when I started, I met Dr. G. and Papa. Mm. And he, um, has a reputation and as as sort of the pioneer of cellular aging research. He'd spent about 20 years researching this and and come up with some really cool science and technology but the means to validate it hadn't quite been there yet. The science, you know, the testing measures, some yeah. objectivity in the data. Sure. And that caught up in the last Several years, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, with epigenetics, we're able to measure 900,000 markers on the human genome um, and tell which genes are active or inactive at any given point um, in time, dynamic data coming back to us. Um, And that was really interesting and fascinating to me. So together we built a team and uh, an organization and we opened up our business in San Jose, Costa Rica. Mm. Why there? Costa Rica is an interesting place for a lot of reasons. The first is it's beautiful. Sure. It's not very far. <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to get to. Yeah, um, But it has a 97% literacy rate. Mm-hmm. An interesting thing about Costa Rica is they got rid of their army in the 50s. And they funneled all that money um, that they had been spending on their military uh, into education. Mm. So there's a lot of advanced degrees. There's a lot of professionally degreed. Um, people coming out, out of Costa Rica, because they all have access to it. Sure, sure. Um, it's a blue zone. Are you familiar with the blue zone? I'm not. So Dan Buettner coined it. Um, there are five blue zones in the world, and Costa Rica is one of them. And the idea is that people live longer, they're healthier, and there's ten criteria that make some place a blue zone. And it. it's supposed to be, you know, the ideal environment, you know, in terms of longevity and sure. health and things like that. And Costa Rica is one of those designations. And then. The environment to be able to go down and, and do good science and good research and good work um, is really – is 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 good in Costa Rica. It's a little bit more favorable than it is in the States. Well, that's what I – okay.
0: I was going to get at that. I want to ask about Blue Zone, and this might be my ignorance. Excuse me. I'm knocking the mic around here, but this might be my ignorance on this space. But why 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 is Costa – like the Blue Zone, I get that they're, they live longer, these 10 different markers, but why is it just opened up in Houston? Is there is there controversy around – this type of work in the United States that you have to do it in another, another country. Like why, why Costa Rica, not just in your backyard.
1: So stem cells, um there's always been controversy Well, I know of a cells. few and I know I know there right. are, but
0: I mean, I don't know if it's, is it not possible to set up shopping
1: Yeah, so the FDA is is very strict about what you can do with stem cells and under an IND, investigative new drug mm-hmm. designation or an FDA approved research path, um you can do stem cell work, right? But it's typically very limited into whatever it is they're chasing for that particular disease or condition or or whatever it is that they they've formed that research study for. Um, but it is illegal to take stem cells and give them back systemically or intravenously in the United States. Why is that? Let's
0: start there for one second. I, I I remember hearing things about you know aborted fetuses and umbilical cord. I mean all this news, right? But the news has headlines. What's the real truth? Like why why is it illegal?
1: Man, you're gonna bring the cynic out in me now, Jimmy. Yes, all right, let's do it. So, <laughs> and and it. it I used to think it was cynical now I just think it maybe it's true is um the the US medicine model is set up for diagnosing and treating symptoms. Oh, amen. Yes. Right, doctors yes. go to med school yep. and they learn to diagnose and treat symptoms. Yeah. And then big pharma supplies the medications to address those symptoms, like right? Vaccines, yeah, sure. No. <laughs> right, Continue. we can yes. go off. yeah. <laughs> I could take a turn. We uh, but not, no, t- you know, an analogy that I've heard used is it's like putting duct tape on the check engine light. Sure. sure. Right. Yeah. It's, we're not actually fixing the underlying root cause. We just want you to feel better, not necessarily always get better. Um, and I don't want to come off like I'm, you know, knocking and trashing no, big no, pharma and FDA, because and, uh, we need that, those yep. regulations for a lot of the, and, and they do a lot of good, sure. right? In the U S you have an acute injury. It's one of the best places in the world to be, but for chronic disease, not so much, right? I think the last stat I saw, we were like 37th in the world in the overall health of our citizens, mm-hmm. and we outspend by a by a mile a lot of other countries, right? So if we were the CEOs of the U.S. healthcare system and we had to stand up in front of the board with with that record, yeah, it, it probably wouldn't be a very yeah. fun meeting, no, right? Correct. We probably wouldn't enjoy it, um, and we probably wouldn't be still the CEOs. Um, <laughs> But so the the environment, the medicine, you know, the traditional model for medicine in, in Western, you know, uh, certainly in America, it just doesn't encourage this type of innovation. And whether you think it's because of big pharma or, or, or whatever you think, um, there are other countries around the world that just have a better view on it in terms of what it can do. We've seen a lot of good come from it. Sure. Right. Um, there was a period of time in the US where they were really trying to encourage um, the use of it and, and new technologies and, and to treat different illnesses and conditions. But, like in a lot of free market economies, some people were a little less than responsible with that freedom. Yeah. And so they, they shut that down on in June of last year Hmm. and really got tighter on the use of stem cells and stem cell derivatives products like amniotic fluid, Wharton's jelly, exosomes. And there's a lot of great uh, companies and labs in the States doing really, really good work, but they're following the traditional FDA path and doing it the right way. Right. And there's probably going to be some great benefit. I know of one that I read about the other day that has a treatment with exosomes for ARDS. Um, um, <laughs> which is, a, it's basically a, a, a lung condition due to long COVID. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, and it's actually what it turns out to can kill people, right? Sure, it's, sure. it's what people were dying from um, when the lungs got impacted. And so there's a lot of promise with that. Mm-hmm. And I think they're in a phase two or phase three FDA study. Gotcha. So that's great. And that's beneficial, but it's extremely expensive. It's a long process. Um, and, you know, not always, not everybody can, can afford to do it or has the, the resources to be able to, to follow that traditional path. So countries like Costa Rica, we're a fully licensed clinic in Costa Rica under yep. the Ministry of Health. Um, but it took seven years to get there.
0: Wow. wow, wow It took wow.
1: a long time to get there to prove the safety and efficacy of what you're doing. So it's, um, you know, if you can, and if you're, you're committed to it, then, then, you know, the path is there. Is stem cell uh, regenerative therapy, all of this, is it is it the
0: magic pill? I mean, you know, it, it feels like is it is it infallible? I guess I know nothing no. probably is, but no. so. Walk me through it. So, okay, I'm somebody who has a chronic condition, a, a back pain, or a, 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 I'm assuming like a fibromyalgia, anything like that, that would be chronic. Is that what stem cell regeneration would help with, or no?
1: So, so fibro would be considered an autoimmune disease, um, uh, where, but like so your so back pain, know. for example. Sure, well, yeah. you know, like lupus, Lyme, fibro RA, things like that, they um, are categorized in an autoimmune, and we've seen tremendous benefit for autoimmune patients. Oh, with um, stem cell regenerative therapy. Absolutely. Okay. Right. But at this and you know chronic illnesses osteoarthritis yep. or chronic back pain or fatigue yep. and things like that we've seen some fun, fantastic results as well um but i stop short of saying it's a magic pill i really do there's um it's a puzzle piece right we yeah. have to put this piece the, the, the human body is the most complex operating system ever to be invented, right? And I think Bill Gates even said that. Yeah. It's it's far more complex than anything that we've ever created from a software platform. Um, <laughs> True. So it, it stands to reason that there's a lot of moving parts in this thing, right? And stem cells are one component of it. Our focus is aging and longevity. Hmm. Okay. And it's really easy to think about. If you think about, all of us are born with a finite uh, stem, cell, stem cell pool, right? Think of it like a tank of gas in a car, but with no gas cap. Yep. Right. You just, the easier you are on that car, yeah. the further you're going to get, yeah. right? You're going to go get more mileage out of it. If you stomp on it and you drive it hard and you don't change your oil and stuff, it's not going to last very long. That's true. Right. Well, our stem cell pool is very similar and it's in a state of decline from the moment we're born until the moment we die. Um, things like trauma, disease, use up our reparative function faster, mm. call stem cells to the area to to, to repair, So the idea is we want to try to um, top off the tank, if you will, or mitigate stem cell exhaustion. And we can do that today, right? But again, it's one piece of the puzzle. Um, It turns out that, you know, the three main stem cell types, there are more, but the three primary stem cells that we have in our bodies support our musculoskeletal, our immune, and our vascular functions, right? Yep. Three main systems of the human body. Very important. Um, One of them gets a lot of attention. That's a mesenchymal stem cell. That's because we use them a lot in orthopedics, and it's considered the low-hanging fruit. Okay. But the other two types, endothelial progenitors and hematopoietics, have really big functions as well. And so, what we've been able to do now is is harness the ability to be able to collect those stem cells and give them back to patients. How do you do over that? What does stage.
0: that look like? So, I was going to ask that. How do you harvest stem cells? So, if I'm saying, hey, I've got a chronic condition, or or I'm I'm looking to uh, extend my life, right? I want to I want to have you know I want to refill the the cup, like you said, <laughs> with stem cells that I'm losing. How do you get them? Are they synthetic? Are you are you harvesting them from me? Is it from somebody else with a similar blood type? Like I. No, I know nothing about this. No, so no, no. Yeah. So
1: it's a great question. Um, so if you're going to harvest a, a, a mesenchymal stem cell from an adult, there are two places, adipose fat and bone marrow aspirate. So okay. they go in through the iliac crest and bone marrow or basically think of liposuction sure. to harvest adipose fat stem cells in an adult. We have umbilical cord stem cells, right, which are adult stem cells. And that's a big misconception out there. Yeah. People heard of... Aborted fetuses and things like that; right. those are embryonic stem cells. They are not used. They're unpredictable, mm. and you can't really control what they're going to become. Sure. So they've, you know, you don't use them in stem cell therapies and therapeutics. Um, in some research labs around the world, they're still messing with with those kinds of things. But um, an umbilical cord stem cell is an adult stem cell from the mother to the child, mm. but they don't contain any. Um, antigens, basically, so that if you give them to another person, that, their bodies are not going to reject them, gotcha. right? And so that's a great source for um, stem cells, mesenchymal stem cells are what those are, and they're great for systemic inflammation. So if you give someone 100 million stem cells intravenously, you're going to help lower their inflammation. And in the case of autoimmune and, and uh, diseases and things like that, we don't entirely know what the mechanism is hmm. and why it works, but there's enough anecdotal dev- evidence to show that it is working. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So those, that's, and it gets a little confusing pretty quickly. No, right? that was really
0: good, but continue, please. Yeah.
1: Um, But the idea when you're from an aging and a longevity standpoint is you're running out of all three of those stem cell types. Yeah, yeah. And then to up the ante a little bit, as we get older, I'm 55, so... I'm starting to produce something called senescent cells. We call them zombie cells. And think of it like having, you're super healthy, you're eating right, you're you're clean, you're working out, you're doing all the right things. But your best friend is a smoker mm. and just has really bad lifestyle habits. And you're with him 24-7. And he's blowing smoke on you and everything else. That's like a senescent cell in the body, right? It's harmful. It releases these inflammatory cytokines and, and, and uh, other components. Um, and they basically... Impact the young, healthy cells, the good, healthy cells in our bodies in a negative way. And the older we get, the more of them that that, that are produced in our bodies. Sure. Um, so we want to get rid of the senescent cells. We want to um, add to the depleted stem cells that you know that we have over time as we start to age. And those are just a couple of the components of the aging process. But I don't want to get out of here without saying this. Lifestyle is a big deal. Sure. You gotta sleep well, you gotta eat right, you gotta exercise, and that is a big, big piece of the battle, right? That's all the, all the puzzle pieces. Yes, right, the, the puzzle point, pieces. Yeah. 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 That's why I tell everybody this is not a magic pill. Mm. You know, this is biology and this is But there's potential. And and one question on the harvesting parks. I think of harvest, I think grow. So and
0: again my ignorance you extract stem cells so let's say i was going in to have uh regenerative stem cell therapy if i'm even saying that correctly would you extract from my fat multiply them and then re-inject or are they coming from
1: you can it's done that way not the way we do it was we do it through blood uh collection we do it through a process called apheresis it was actually borrowed from cancer um so when they're trying to reboot people's immune function yep with stem cells, um, they'll use apheresis as the collection technique. And so we don't have to use your stem cell or your adipose fat or go into your bone marrow, like a tap into your bone marrow. Yep. We actually use a mobilization agent that releases billions of stem cells from your bone marrow. And then we hook you into an IV in each arm and almost like an oil change, we collect those recently released um, stem cells, um, all three types sure. that I mentioned. Yep. Um, from your bloodstream into a collection. And then we prepare them and they go into cryopreservation where we will have billions for you to, to use over the, the next 30, 40, 50 years.
0: And then what do I do every year? Do I come back for four or every 18 months? What does it look like?
1: So, you know, yearly is not a bad protocol, but it, everybody's different, right? You could have some other underlying conditions that might require you to come down more frequently. Sure. Um, or you know, uh, every two years or something, but on average, yeah, about every year.
0: Okay. What, um, what does 10 years, 20 years, 30 years look like? It's like, I mean, do we, do, is this, does stem cell, does regenerative therapy, uh, is it, is it something that attacks cancer? Is it, you mentioned about autoimmune, so things like AIDS or whatever. I mean, is there potential in this space? Like it is, is it the, is it the, not the magic pill, but is it the thing that is the most promising in terms of attacking, uh, some of these other killers?
1: I don't know if it's the most promising, but there's certainly um, there's a lot of research around it, right, that, yeah. that they're doing. And I don't know what the next 10, 20 years of, but you know, here's some statistics. Our knowledge in this space is doubling about every three to four months. Wow. wow. Right? And so if you think about it from a longevity standpoint, nobody wants to live to 100 or 120 if you're in poor health, right? So you know, aging is defined as the functional decline of most living organisms over a period of time. Sure. Right? Yeah. That functional decline part is the interesting part. That's the part we need to focus on. We've always considered the time component to it. Yeah. But if we can slow the functional decline, meaning our cognition, our mobility, the way we move and think and, and, you know, be able to to get around in life, then that's huge. That's a win. Imagine if you could extend it just a decade. Sure. Sure. Right? That's a big, big win. And we're pretty comfortable now and that we believe that we can do that. And when you start talking about things like cancer and and autoimmune, I think there's a ways to go, and there's a lot of people doing research on that um, all the time. And I do think stem cells will play a component. You know, here's an example, um, cellular reprogramming or restoration, right, Um, where you're able to take someone's older stem cells, say out of an 80-year-old patient, and reprogram them or restore them epigenetically to like 30-year-old versions of themselves, give them back to the patient, yeah. and they will go back into the bone marrow and begin making copies of their younger cells. We can do that today. That's available today. Um, and there's new techniques on how to do that that I've seen recently in some of the labs that are super promising, and I think that those techniques will probably play a, way, a role in how we start to look at cancer and some of the more, um, you know difficult diseases to tackle. Very interesting.
0: The um, I'm I'm curious where where uh, resistance might come from. Like I, well, actually, let me go with this first. What is right now the projection? You said about a decade that can extend life. Again, all the variables and not not like you get the injection, you just got ten years, but lifestyle, everything that you mentioned. But where is it now? And I mean, is there if you and other other you know guys geeking out on this stuff or sitting around a conference table talking about, you know, what stem cell long, the longevity can be with, you know, you're doubling your knowledge every three to four months. Like as you go along, like, are we talking about 200 year old humans? Uh, you know, like, what does this look like in the next?
1: You won't get me to say that there are people that believe that, (laughs) you know, and there are people that believe 150. Um, the first person that will live to 150 has been born. Interesting. Um, I need to be able to look you in the eye and say, you know, Jamie, I think we can go an extra decade or two of enhanced youthful function and quality of life um, and lifespan mm-hmm. and then tell you why. And here's some data to back that up, right? Sure. I got to stay there. Um, the scientists and the researchers and the guys who um, are not really speaking about it from a business standpoint, but more from the science component, yeah. they will tell you that, you know, 150 is within reach, um, 120 is, you know, i talked to some life insurance guys the other day, and they're already running actuarial tables out right, to 120 yeah. right now, right? Yeah. Yep. So I think we're getting there, but yeah. I, I like to try to be a little bit um, couched and responsible about how I say that from the standpoint of, I want to set expectations, and I want to be able to to have um, some degree of, of of data and science to back it up. And gotcha. today I feel comfortable with adding an extra decade or two. Look, you know, the average human lifespan in the U.S. is 80 years. Mm. And I was told recently that it actually regressed to 78. With uh, COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. That helped. And the opioid crisis kind of impacted that too. So to be fair. Sure. But let's call it 80. 82 for women, 78 for men. Mm. Um, You know, I'm 55. If you plot that out you know, in a row of boxes and put X's in every one of them that you've, that you've lived. Yeah, it's not much left. It's yeah. a little, it's sobering and, yeah. a, and a little bit depressing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so the idea that we can, we can turn back our chronological age, um, really it's our biological age, um, and put a gap between that and our chronological age, for example, with epigenetics right now, that's what they're doing. So they're saying, I'm going to look at how you're methylating DNA, and we're going to compare this against a group of people in our in this database that are like you and we can tell you that if you're 55 chronologically you're 47 biologically, meaning mm. how genes are being expressed and, and what DNA methylation looks like in you on that given day, mm. right? And we can test it again in two months or three months or six months or 12 and see something maybe totally different sure. for better or for worse, That's right? That's crazy, yeah. And so people are starting to use these, um, these models, these epigenetic clocks and these models— As a yardstick, as a measurement tool to say, all right, Jamie's getting older or younger. He's accelerating his aging process or he's slowing it, and quote, in epigenetically even reversing it. Mm. And today that's pretty exciting. Um, because that technology has been around a while, but it hadn't necessarily been that reliable. And I think that has something to do with the data set, right?
0: Yeah. Where are the critics on that? Like, who are the critics on that, I should say? Like, I I imagine you face some uh, resistance from religious groups, potentially. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, Maybe there's something governmentally. I'm not sure. Uh, You mentioned insurance. I wondered about that. Is it like, hey, you're extending life that's not good for business? (laughs) I don't know. But Where's the resistance on that? And um, and I well, I'll, let me start there. Is there are there any industries or groups that you find the most resistance from?
1: You know, there's always detractors, sure, right? sure, yeah. um, in any any industry. And you look when you're innovating and you're out in front, you're going to take some arrows. You know that, sure. right? And if you're not prepared for that um, in the beginning, I love that. then that's a great point. Yeah. You, you really are. You know, look at Elon, right? That guy's taken arrows and he's forged, but look what he's done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's done some
0: incredible things. Unbelievable. Yeah, and, unbelievable.
1: And and a lot of pioneers um, have done that um, and been in that position. And so we know that. Um, you stay to the, you know, stay true to the mission, try to be responsible um, in the way that you set expectations and you represent things and you try to address the detractors you know to the best that you can but you don't let it be a distraction from mm-hmm. you scientists have different views on how to do things right I was ask that you'll too. get guys yeah. that'll tell you epigenetics from 99.9% reliable and then you'll get guys that'll you know like getting attorneys to agree on something right you know half the room will agree this way and the other half will agree yeah. the other way you have to decide what you think is best what the data showing is the most accurate or at least the most reliable at that point in time, um, and go with it. But I don't listen to a lot of the resistance and the detractors. Um, uh,
0: you're right. You're you're forging a path, right? You're pioneering a path. So there's going to be people saying, "Well, this can't be," or "That can't be," or "You know, you're snake oil on this," or whatever. But there's a lot of people I know that have gone through uh, your program from the the last event uh, so far that are swearing by it. You know that 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 feel like they can feel a difference in in you know their performance, if you will, or their their uh, uh, the one person in particular had some chronic back issues that have like slowly started to resolve, you know, post, uh, post-treatment. So, uh, it is extremely encouraging and it's really interesting to see kind of what the future of it is, you know?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good, you, you know, that comes of it. And we see a lot of that anecdotal evidence um, with patients all the time, right? We do a lot of testing. So, we test for inflammatory biomarkers and genetic and molecular, physiological. I want objectivity in the data because if I ask you, Jamie, how you're feeling on Monday— you say, man, Greg, not great. My back's sore. I'm tired. I don't feel great. But I don't ask you any other questions. And then on Thursday, I ask you how you feel, and You say, you know what? I'm feeling a lot better. Things mm-hmm. are, you know, my back pain's gone away. I've got more energy. I'm a little more focused. What I didn't know was that over the weekend, you went to a family reunion. <laughs> right, right. You ate yeah. a bunch of bad food. Maybe you drank some beers. Yep. You know, you just had a good time and saw family. And so on Monday morning, you didn't feel great. Right. But you cleaned up. You know, you started eating clean, going to the gym, working out, hit the sauna a few times, and by Thursday, life was back. You were sleeping better, sure, sure. and you felt great on Thursday. Yeah, it makes sense. That's the subjectivity in healthcare that we don't always know, mm-hmm. right? And patients are not always compliant and telling us subjectively what's going on and giving you the whole story. So, the more objectivity in the data that you can get, the better, right? Because mm-hmm. the data won't lie at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah um, makes sense. and so we like that, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're in a new field and, and, and in an industry that's nascent like this. Um, you want as much of that as possible. Yeah. right? How,
0: to, how much competition is there in your particular? Is this is this getting bigger? Is Costa Rica littered with, with guys like you and companies like yours No, right now?
1: we're actually the only licensed facility in the entire country of Costa Rica. Wow. Um, there are people, you know, like Cancun and sure. Colombia and Mexico and BVI, I think, some other places that are doing some version of it. But to our knowledge, the way we go about it with the aging lung, and longevity component, there's nobody else really doing what we're doing and taking the approach that that we're taking. You can go a lot of places and get 100 million stem cells. Sure. And they've done some good, right? And they'll yeah. gladly. But we'll try to talk you out of that. We really want a more of a programmatic approach um, and be able to work with you on functional medicine and nutrition and sleep and things like that. Yeah, Because again, I do believe wholeheartedly that these are puzzle pieces. And if we can get the best possible return on that investment, then we have to... And some people are already there, right? A lot of these members, the GoBundance members, they're really proactive and they're advocating for their own health, right? And that's awesome. That's why I think a lot of them have had good outcomes. Yeah, But if you're unhealthy and your lifestyle habits haven't been great when you get to us... And there's a lot of nurturing and coaching that we need to do to make sure that you get the best possible – you're in the best possible condition to get a good outcome or a sustainable outcome. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And it's yeah. true in orthopedics and it's true in longevity. And, you know, this longevity industry's crazy, right? I mean, there's people who believe that it will be the biggest industry. Mm-hmm with the most growth uh, maybe of any industry, uh, you know, that's ever come before it. And that's a big statement when you're thinking about technology and—
0: Lifespan, right? I mean, you're talking about uh, the one thing that we always say, hey, you can make more money, you can make more friends, you can't make more time, right? But to some extent, you can make more— uh, I guess, uh, what, youthful time, uh, at least, right?
1: Today, yeah, I think yeah. so, right? And you got guys, you know, this is awesome, too. Guys like Bezos and, and you know, these billionaire guys are throwing tons of money. Altos Labs is yeah. coming in and they're doing some really, really advanced research. And we saw what it did for electric cars. We saw what it did for space, sure. right? And it'll probably do it for longevity, too. So, I love that. And it's going to take a all of us. It's gonna take a collaborative and combined effort and everybody to do their piece. But I, love it. I think it's ultimately at the end of the day, humanity wins. Mm-hmm. And if if we keep that in the in the windshield, that's that's what's important, I think.
0: I love it. Wow. Incredible. How do people learn more about you, your company? Is there a place you can direct them, LinkedIn account, website, anything like
1: that? Yeah, we're all over the internet like everybody else, right? <laughs> it's it's RMI international.com is the website. Yeah. Okay. Um but um, and
0: if somebody goes there, I mean, is this something where it's as simple as fill out a form to work with you? I mean, I, I know there's you know they're gonna have to have to uh, go through a process. I'm assuming, but what does that look like if they wanted to come work with you?
1: So there is a little you know email capture and a form on there, right? That we can do. There's a phone number. Typically, how it sets up is. We want to have a quick consult with someone just to make sure there are no exclusions, right? If you've had cancer in the last two years and just some general things like sure, that. Sure. Um, but then we get on the phone with one of the docs um, at RMI, one of the, the medical team uh, members, and you know walk through what it looks like, um, what your goals are. You know that's super important when people come, right? Oh, I just want to do stem cells. It's not a great goal, right. right? But if if you know you're you're fatigued or you're in pain or you're just whatever your condition is, um, to really help kind of clarify what the end result is going to look like, yeah. so we know what a win is. Yeah, sure. Right? I want to know. I want. I want to say, Jamie, these are the three things you told me that are most important to you. That's what we're going to focus on, and that's how we're going to measure how successful we are. That's a super big part of the process for me. Excuse me. Amazing. Um, so that you come away feeling like, yeah, yeah, we hit all three of these. Or yeah. we got two out of three, right? And this is medicine and it's healthcare and, um, you know, you yeah. do the best you can. And, and and most of the time we're, you know, we're spot on, but, you know, like anything, yeah. you know, we're, we're, you don't always bat 100%. Not, well, nobody does. Nobody, nobody does. 1, 000,
0: right? Yeah. So, no, I, I think it's great. Well, Gregory, man, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you talking through this. It's fascinating to me. Again, it's a space that it's it's almost like... um sub-mortgage crisis, like, ah, yeah, it was all those bankers, but nobody understands the depths of it. It's the same thing now, like, Stem cells. You hear it all over the place, but nobody understands the depths of it. I don't understand. Like I know that there's regenerative therapy. I know there's a lot of promise in it. I know that there's extension of life. All of that, but the nitty-gritty, I just honestly was unclear on. So this gave me a lot of clarity. I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I hope it was well, you know, I didn't see the deer in the headlights look that much, you know, Jamie. So No, at the end does... I was
0: actually my my throat was starting. If you did see a look I had I was gonna grab the water, something like went in my throat, like don't cough,
1: don't cough. But... No, I'm used to seeing it like at, you know, cocktail parties or PTA sure, meetings sure. when the guy you know, the poor guy that walks up and asks me, What do you do? Yeah. Um, you know, I learned not to say stem cells right now. It's like, uh, you know, I try to help people enjoy doing what they love no, to do no, for no, no. longer See, and stuff like weird. that.
0: Let me help you with marketing. You, <laughs> what you should be saying when somebody says, oh, what do you do? You say, I make people live longer. Then people. turn and walk away. And I would, I would amp it up a little bit. The beard is good. If you're on YouTube, the beard is good branding. But on top of that, you should look like you're from the future. Because when you say <laughs> that, right, some sort of black... Uh, I don't know, very tight outfit, maybe. That sounds, you know what I'm saying. A uh, Big collar, perhaps. I don't know. And you just say, I, glasses. With that beard, black glasses. Men in black stuff. I love it. And you simply say, I make people live longer. Turn and walk away. Walk off. People just, will want to know more and more and more about you if, you if that's how you show up in the world. The suit thing. It's not working, man.
1: Not, got, all right. You got to get go rid of that. it. Yep. I'm going <laughs> with the cape. I'm getting a cape. <laughs> cape is even better. It's there you awesome. go. That's
0: my marketing lesson for today. Gregory, again, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Jim. Well, that's it for this episode, but be sure you subscribe for future episodes. Give us a rating and review as well. It just helps us grow the podcast, grow the reach, and give as much value as we can to you on a week-to-week basis. Be sure to go over and check out GoBundance.com while you're at it. Check out Emerge if you're a future millionaire, our elite division if you're in that $1 to $5 million range, or our champion division at $5 million plus. Or on the women's side, GoBundance Women is available for all of you to join an amazing group of millionaire entrepreneurial women. And if you haven't already, jump on tribeofmillionaires.com and order the book that is the namesake of this podcast and you'll learn all about what this whole Go abundance thing is, what masterminds are about, and the power of community, accountability, connection, and all of that as you pursue your goals. Thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you soon.